I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970? Well, a man named Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. And he came up here with his wife and two little girls, I think about eight and ten. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. You can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. Yeah? Do you really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. Yeah, I guess so. For some people, uh, solitude and isolation can of itself become a problem. Well, if you didn't guess from our <laughs> creepy little voices like Danny, The Shining. We watched The Shining for the first time. Yep. Never. It, it I'd was never your seen first it. time, right? It was my first yeah. time. I had never seen it. I knew. I, I mean, I have a plethora of fun facts about it, but I had never watched it. Yeah. Actually. I've seen multiple clips mm-hmm. and I've walked in on people watching it. Right. But I've never sat through and watched it all for myself. It's a cultural icon. It is. Yeah. And it's. And it's what you said culture icon it's just used in so many other things right yeah i mean the movie was all over the place it was a master class in cinematography and directing and acting you know it's a it's a it's a classic it's a classic movie for a reason it's um an inventor of a lot of tropes mm-hmm. you know we we see a lot of movies copying what this movie does initially and it's it's a stanley kubrick film so mm-hmm. it has that weight behind it as well you know his legacy his yeah vision and the way he did things um what was interesting was watching it and how well it holds up in both practicality and visuals mm-hmm. like it's an older movie i think it came out in 1980 let me see yeah 1980 uh and it was two hours and 26 minutes long and it wow. didn't it did not feel that long no. Even the parts that were kind of boring when we're just tracking with him. Yeah. Um, or him slowly decline. Right. So in the book, the decline is, you know, over a series of weeks and, mm-hmm. and months. And uh, he, he goes fucking bonkers in this movie in a series of just like a week. Uh, or is like it a week? A, it, it, it feels like maybe like 
maybe it feels a couple weeks a couple weeks i don't know we don't but really it's not that long we don't get a, a general idea i mean it, it says it in like the chapters yeah um but it i don't know it felt like all of a sudden it was just jack nicholson going bonkers yeah but the thing is he kind of already looks <laughs> a little crazy looks and it didn't look like he liked his family at all yeah oh that was the other thing like he's a loving family man in the book who is slowly unraveling and in the movie he's he like fuck not. you or like just irritated from the beginning with them yeah even the drive up he it was like he was gonna decline regardless yeah and poor Shelley Duvall you know I, all of the stories that have come out after this movie of how hard it was for her to work with Stanley Kubrick Mm, and how do elaborate he was he's a very particular man he's got a a very specific vision and um i'm not sure if he was sexist or if there was like sexist things that Mm -hmm. happened i can't speak on that nor would i be able to give it an accurate statement so Mm -hmm. whatever um but he was very particular with her about like her acting and stuff like that and just she was having a hard time delivering the things he was asking of her but I feel like you can see that. Yeah. I feel like as a viewer, I felt like she was having a tough time trying to get those across. Like some of those moments seemed really cheesy as if you could tell there was a lot of takes done or something. Yeah. And it was, I will say what's odd is that she was casted mm-hmm. alongside Jack Nicholson because, mm-hmm. and I don't know what was going on in 1980, if Shelley Duvall was like the it, the it for horror or for thrillers. Uh, I have no idea, but for this movie, she just was kind of overshadowed by Jack Nicholson's performance. Yeah. Um, everybody kind of was. So that just feels like, what? I disagree. My favorite character, my only, not only, but my favorite thing about this whole movie was the little boy. Oh, Danny. Danny, yeah. I mean, Danny was good. He did steal the show a few times, especially when we're following him in the garden in the maze yeah he was he was my absolute favorite and it was not only because he was like this cute little boy Mm -hmm. but like his reactions that thing, like it felt like he was really actually in in it yeah like that was a good acting job for a little boy and my favorite thing it was i mean obviously they wanted to be creepy Mm -hmm. but i found it so freaking cute i want to like squeeze his cheeks every time he did the finger thing that oh right uh tony tony's talking what's their names the parents names um uh, uh norris morris hold on uh torrance mrs torrance <laughs> danny's not here right now. <laughs> danny's not here right now mrs torrance yeah they don't really elaborate on who tony is no it's just someone it was it was right after jack nicholson dislocated his kid's arm is when tony started arriving oh yeah they briefly hit on when the when the doctor was like, when, uh, when did you start seeing Tony? In the book, he snaps his arm. Oh, He breaks it gosh, on accident gosh. in like a, a drunken frustration. That also scene, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to sit through the movie mm-hmm. because of how Jack acted like that. Like, it was so believable mm-hmm. that he was losing his marbles. Mm-hmm. Once it started with like, Oh, he got in a drunken rage and dislocated his little boy's arm. And then she's sitting there like, oh, but it, he was just drunk or it, mm-hmm. it's okay. Like mm-hmm. it was only that one time and it was an accident. He's better now. Like that was a lot. I mean, that's pretty reflective mm-hmm. of the time. 
I know. It just, my heart, like, oh, my heart right now is hurting. I mean, people today will make excuses. I, kn- for... I know. I've done that. So it's just like, it just makes my heart sad. And it was a bummer. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though. Like, even him, like, chasing her up the stairs, like, mm-hmm. as silly or corny as people say, like, her acting performance there, I was like, fucking shit. I thought that scene was great. I didn't think she was corny in that scene. Some people do. The, the, only, the only time I thought like, she was... was so terrible. No, the only time I thought she was corny was when she was running. That was it. Oh, yeah. She's a, she has a silly run. She has a silly run. But other than that, I thought she was spot on. Yeah. I, I loved her performance. Yeah, I just can't. That man... He did a great job acting because he made it very believable. Yeah, but that's kind of like within, it's just, it's hard, it's hard because it's like, an in, it was an incredible acting job, but also he was kind of just playing himself, like he's... Well, that is terrifying too. <laughs> you know, but don't you know Jack Nicholson's got kind of a funny little fucked up, up upbringing? He, he, he's, he's like Ted Bundy where they thought that their sister was... They thought, their, they thought their grandmother was their mother and their mother was their sister. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to be like, he's like Ted Bundy, you know, a serial killer. I was like, what? I've missed uh Yeah, he's had a book. really, really successful Hollywood career whilst still killing people. Fun, fun fact. People have. <laughs> I'm sure. Do you know any of these people? No. Mm-hmm. Nor would I want to. Nor would you want to. Yeah, because Jack Nicholson is obviously a juggernaut. Right, like he just he he gets on the set and he just, ever, we want to watch him lose his mind. We want to watch him freak out. That's kind of why you watch this movie. But it's just the look in his eye, like he just well, he has he has so, really expressive eyebrows. Yeah, it was um, so like I was I was like, oh my god, she's mad at me. He's yelling at me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like I he's, wouldn't watch it again. He's really I couldn't. Only because of how believable his performance is. Not saying it was a bad movie. I'm saying Whoa. it was a good movie. I'm saying it was too triggering for me. Mm, okay. Well, that's different altogether. Because I love the little boy. I could watch him on repeat ten times. Over. But there's a there's a clip for, uh, behind the scenes clip where Shelley Duvall is getting a note from um, Stanley Kubrick explaining how she jumps every time he's empath every time he's uses like an emphasis on his words mm-hmm. and so it looks cheesy so she needs to not jump every time he does that because jack nicholson does this a lot when he talks and she was like giving a reaction every time and he was like you need to not do that because that's just how he talks he's gonna he's gonna be em- emphatic it's kind of like the scene with a different but still a jumping moment when Joy is running through lines with that actor who spits every time. Yes, uh, that's a that's a that's a what's the famous Gary Oldman? It's Gary yeah. Oldman. Oh my gosh, he yes. Spits and then by the end of the scene, the best actors always, always spit. Back. Yes, you should be drenched by the end of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I still like the movie. The movie was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, do I feel like the two little girls should have? been involved a little more yes not like they weren't shown enough but they just showed up and stood there yeah like i wanted them to interact or like the boy to like be touched by that like something like it just felt like they were there to like oh spooky girl show up but then they just disappear like Mm -hmm. i feel like in any other horror movie when something like that where it's like this place is haunted because this family died and they come back and haunt you that's the family that would come back and haunt you and these two girls are just mm-hmm. like here i am yeah i don't know because this the the hotel itself has like its own spirit it seems like its own entity yeah. and 
I didn't feel like the little girls were super important to what They're was happening. Important, but it's like if you're gonna do it, do it more. Yeah. What were you looking for? Because I was thinking more. Uh, the things that we're seeing are just like echoes reverberating through time of mm. things that were horrible. And I think maybe we're led to believe that the men who are prone to being taken advantage of in this hotel have a history of violence mm-hmm. or like a history of some personality families, disorder. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Or something apparently. Um, because the thing that happens in the room with the old lady mm-hmm. or with the bath lady, mm-hmm. ugh, that was gross. Bath lady, old lady, gross lady. <laughs> that scene is, or we're supposed to think that that horrible thing is different than the other horrible thing of the little girls and the mom being murdered by the last mm-hmm. caretaker. And is it like the only thing that people can use to kill in this hotel is an axe? Yeah, I wonder like what's up with that too. he went for the too. axe too. Well, let's think. I mean, on the one hand, it's Stephen King, so there's a good chance when he wrote this. This book, especially, he was either high or drunk. Mm. This is, you know, these are some of his, some of his older books. I mean, he wrote the, he basically wrote the entire, um, it, not it, uh, Carrie, oh. like blacked oh, out. Oh yes, yes, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, uh, hell of a drug, cocaine, hell of a drug, and um, so there is like an allegory of violence. I'm sure that he's yeah. pointing to, um, and he seems to enjoy the idea that like. Indian burial grounds are yeah. haunted because that's the premise of Pet Cemetery as well, mm-hmm. and uh, it we, as well. Do we feel like that was a necessary thing, or could they just have stuck to people keep coming here? I don't know. I think it's like the white person's Deus Ex Machina. Um, like when in doubt, blame a native ground because we have built something on it that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like. And it's weird that we just kind of accept that as the, as the reason for the season. <laughs> like, oh, well, why is there an evil spirit haunting here? Oh, it's because we built something on these Indian burial grounds that we shouldn't have. Oh, okay. Um, stop that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would... Have you looked at the score? No. One to ten, what would you rate it? Oh, I'd give it a nine. Eight or a nine, yeah. I'd give it an 8.5. Because 8.5. Because you're hesitant. Mm. Let's see. I give it a 10 out of 10 for the little boy, though. Oh, little boy, 10 out of 10. Danny. Red room. Red room. All right. Rum. So The Shining has an 84% tomato meter. Okay. And fair. a 93% audience score. Oh, interesting. I thought the tomato meter would be a little higher. Higher, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like if they're able to rate this one accurately or at least in the realm of accuracy Mm -hmm. where did they go wrong with the grinch i don't understand (laughs) i'll never understand that it must have been a different batch like a different plant of tomatoes Mm. that rated this one versus the ones that have been rated now you're right those ones need to be canceled (laughs) i would say yeah it could have had a higher score for sure yeah but i'm not mad at the score right it's still a high score yeah. It was still a good movie. Well, and I think what we love about this movie is just how visually appealing it is. There is, yeah. like, everything kind of feels like a giant painting, um, moving, you know, a motion picture. That's what mm-hmm. movies are, you know? But it's, it was done in a way where it feels like we are almost 
like voyeuristic in the hotel on the walls. What did they say they used for the blood scene for the elevator? Was it just water and dye? I'm not sure. I'm or sure it was it like, like I'm sure it was artificial blood, like fake blood. Is it fake blood or do they just take a shit ton of like something and just dye it? Well, fake blood is like corn syrup and dye and There's something so else. So much because it seemed like water esque. True. As if it was like, but I'm guessing it's pretty cheap. Like mm-hmm. I'm guessing that type of blood is pretty cheap because that's like what Quentin Tarantino uses in a lot of his movies. Mm, like yeah. that excess amount of blood effect. Yeah. And how that all goes. So it can't be too expensive if people are just like throwing it left and right. Plus, like it feels like a lot of B flicks and C flicks still use a fuck ton of blood. Yeah. That looks like that. So I figured it's probably not that expensive. I do feel like we can agree on the ending. That what the ending means? Not what it means, but how we feel about it. That it's meh. Yeah. 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 Like we just went through that whole experience with you and Mm -hmm. this how it ends. Mm -hmm. Meh. Yeah. I I do understand that people have seen the follow up. Um, What is it? Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. And they say that it's good yeah and does it justice after the ending i am just like that was such an experience such a abrupt ending yeah i agree after watching them like try and escape and or get him or like all that stuff and obviously other people getting killed in the process too yeah and then cut to he's just frozen and they got away yeah i would have had him and then the the photo yeah, I think I would have had him slip and fall on the axe. Yeah, I wouldn't just, have like, had him freeze froze to death. Because the weird, like, just capture photo of, like, we're going to cut to this, and then he's dead. Mm-hmm. I would have definitely had him be tired and, yeah, trip and fall on the axe. Or even, like, have a heart attack or, like, something. Yeah. Because he can't breathe. Something. But I still... The photo at the end still is like, mm. yeah. I mean, it, so we're we're supposed to assume that the hotel just absorbs whoever is, you know, living in it during the time. Because the other thing is that it doesn't act haunted. We're led to believe during the regular season. Yeah, which is like what? But then the chef, the guy who had the, mm, the shining, shining ab- yeah. the shining ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew. Something was up. He knew that there was stuff going on, and it never affected him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hollerin could see spirits too, or like could yeah. talk to Danny in his head. So it could only affect men who were unstable with family members and needed a job for the summer. I didn't think... affect anyone else. Yeah, I, I th- yeah, exactly. The think... guy who owns it, the manager, or whatever. He's yeah, there all year except for the off season. Right, and I think that the premise is. I think what you have to accept in the premise to you know enjoy it is that these type of evil entities uh, latch on to things that are already linked to the things they want to do anyway. So somebody who's violent in the movies, they always get latched on by like a violent spirit who makes mm-hmm. it worse. Or somebody who's a drunk gets locked on, latched on by something that's going to like make his addiction worse or a combination of the Both two. Things like things that they did in this movie. Right. Like, we, like what we talked about on The Conjuring, like the premise is that the, the spirit has to latch on to somebody who's been exhausted or weak, right? Like there has to be some reason for it to take place. And that, that's why I said it, it feels like a cop out to say like, oh, well, why is all this happening? Oh, because potentially it's because we're on an Indian burial ground that has been desecrated. Um, so without seeing Dr. Sleep and with the ending that they did end us on, are we 
left to believe that because he didn't end up killing his family and he died before doing that, mm-hmm. that it just stopped after him? No, I think that we're supposed to think it's it just going to continue. Going. It just keeps going. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like that the, that they got away. Oh, I'm so happy they got away. I was hoping they'd get away. If they didn't get away, I'd be so mad. <laughs> yeah, I was happy they got away. I didn't know she was going to get away, but I had hopes that the little boy was. Yeah, same. I, I was unsure as well. But I'm glad that he got away. Where's Danny? Or what is it? Here's Johnny. Oh, here's Johnny. That was an ad-lib scene. That's a famous ad-lib scene. Yeah, I mean, they do it in like a bunch of other shows. Right, yeah. It's been, this is a movie where you... It's like when it's you see... Reference. It's like when you see a movie and you get all the memes and the gifs. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that you see and you get all of the other cinema references that have happened mm-hmm. since this movie has been made. Yeah, as a horror movie... Because this is horror thriller. Horror thriller, yeah. And then what's the fate worse than death on this one? Killing your family? Right? Unknowingly? Or is it you going... Losing your mind? Losing your mind. A fate worse than death? I mean, what's like, worse than death? you don't have control. He felt like he was out of control for a little bit. But worse than death would be, I think in this movie, the death of your family at your own hands. Yeah. Like, that would be worse than dying, is than realizing that their death is your fault. I mean, you'd hope someone would think that. Well, I'm assuming that that's got to be because like, because the oops. because the old um, caretaker committed suicide after he killed his family. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining that after the murder takes place, the murder takes place, that the character comes back to their senses, and then that's why they killed themselves. Well, he had a couple moments when he was slowly unraveling, where he would realize what he was doing or what was happening. Really. Yeah. Oh, I didn't there get was that like, vibe. No, no, there was a couple like moments where he would like break down, even if it was just about himself. Um, but then once, once I think the little kid came upstairs and like got his truck. At that point, he was already gone. Mm-hmm. Like, Jack was gone, and mm-hmm. there was no turning back. But beforehand, I think it was when he was typing. I think there was one scene where he like had a moment of like, oh shit, like. Oh, well, maybe that wasn't that big of a scene. I can't remember if that's when he was yelling at her. But he did say he had the, like, terriblest dream. Oh, when he woke up and said, I had dreamt that I killed Killed you and Danny and chopped you up. Yeah, and she was, like, kind of consoling him. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did seem kind of distraught. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then and after that, was that before, that right. was like as he was slowly. Right, and then he's, right after he mm-hmm. slowly loses his mind. And then it was no going back. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly also a commentary on how. Um, how it feels to be a writer, you know, yeah. lost in your own mind, lost to your own devices. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Stephen King was feeling some level of isolation while writing this book about because because yeah. Jack's character is, feels very alone, very disconnected from mm-hmm. the rest of us, like very disconnected from his family, disconnected from the world, disconnected from even the hotel until the end. I mean, but go her though for thinking about putting him in the in the storage unit and for food. Oh, yeah. Locking him in there and yeah. trying to figure out an escape plan. Yeah, there was a, another fun behind-the-scenes clip of Stanley Kubrick yelling at him to for the direction. Like, run, Danny, run, Danny, run. Run, look back, Danny, look back. Or get in the cupboard, hurry, 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 hurry. Like, but with, like, a megaphone. Oh. That's pretty cool, yeah, to think about what, what was going on on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, overall, I'm really happy we watched it. It was wonderful. Yeah. I would like to watch it again in theaters or on, like, a bigger TV with a bigger sound system. Would you recommend it to people? Abso- absolutely. Absolutely. Not even just horror thriller. I would just recommend this as like a movie that should be on your list of movies to watch. 
so you can experience the level of mastery that it is because it really is like a wonderful as disturbing as it is piece of art would you have i know we've already said how we would have killed him off at the end differently Uh would you have still added the picture aspect of or would you have just left it as like they escaped um the picture aspect seems important because we're left wondering the question of whether or not he gets engulfed by the hotel if it was all an illusion and he was there doing it regardless like did like he was determined mm. he was predestined to do that anyway crazy. Yeah. Y- yeah like the hotel chose him long before he ever chose the hotel like i don't know like those are the questions that that is crazy to think right those are the questions that arise with that kind of an ending and i think that's how you have to end a movie like that otherwise mm-hmm. even though i didn't super love that feeling of like damn this is just over and i'm just gonna be left with yeah. this hypothetical theory of what is the ending mm-hmm. um but it would make sense if he's all of a sudden you know hallucinating about the old time like old 20s dinners and the dining area with drinks and all that jazz it would make sense if he was already there yeah unless the point of that is that the hotel is just creating an enticing yeah uh illusion to yeah, could go either lull way. you to sleep. So exactly yeah i was like oh he's been here before that's why he knows the bartender that's why mm-hmm. he's the whole like yeah mm-hmm. or they just like enticing you right with what you mm-hmm. need in the moment yeah i mean there's a lot there is a lot to unpack on how jack with how jack acts and unpack with jack unpack with jack and Obviously, I would love to be in Stephen King's brain when he was writing this to know what was his motivation. Um, But knowing, you know, reading Stephen King's autobiography and like his book on writing and all that stuff. You're right. I read that, too. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like whenever he is creating these characters, especially around this time when he was writing these books, like he was just in a very, very he had to go to a very dark place to bring these things up. Does he have a partner of any sort? Yeah, he's been mar- he's been married for an incredibly long time. His wife was with him from the beginning. They, they, he was like one of his first fans. Wow. He's got kids. Yeah, he's, he's. I'm just like that's tough to like juggle that. I'm pretty sure that they have almost separated multiple times because of his early issues. Well, and how dark you have to be in a like space. well not not you personally but like not you <laughs> but like the writer having to write something so dark like that has to affect your at least thoughts throughout the day i mean it does it definitely like imagine writing a chapter for that or like writing a couple pages for the script and then like going to your son's birthday party right yeah i mean it definitely takes a toll it it, well it depends on the writer no not not really because some some writers know it does not take a toll they can can, separate yeah it's very easy to separate the two uh same for acting you know there are some actors who can leave it on the floor and some where kind of the residue sticks with them a little longer but Mm -hmm. all in all the only thing that i think i might change would be the ending and yet at the same time the ending is what we've been talking about like we need that mystery at the end to kind of let the story breathe do we need it or because we got it now we feel like oh that's that's something that needs to be thought of now but during the whole movie we didn't think about that okay well then like try to do a th- try a thought experiment where the ending is instead he's frozen and dead and the camera just slowly pans away and up to a 
high, like above, sh- like God's eye view, and then just keeps going up, and then it fades to black. Mm-hmm. Right, you never see the hotel again. You never see the picture. We just watch as the grounds get smaller and smaller, and then it fades to black. We saw. You know what I would have done? What? Um, doing that, mm-hmm. but it going back to normal. So like the season ending, oh, having the, I mean, the snow melting, in. yeah, and the new season coming in, and it going back to a normal lifestyle of like it's crowded again. There's people coming in, and it's like, oh shit, this is just gonna keep going. Right, this is cyclical. Yeah, because they could have yeah. given the same effect with that. Right, and I, but what if everybody in the picture at the end were people who have been murdered in the hotel, and the hotel oh. just keeps collecting them, and that's the only people in the picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. What if that's just people over the years who have been murdered by this hotel? This hotel needs to go on trial. Because <laughs> they're now there you a go. serial killer. That's the it's sequel. It's four, right? What? Or is it three people now to become a serial killer? Oh, I don't know. Uh, three, I think. I'm pretty sure it's just three. But yeah, that's a, that would be an interesting premise as well, to think if everybody in that picture have been people who have been taken advantage of by the hotel, not just... Not not just like an old picture that Jack appears in again. Yeah, and if like the manager actually does know something or is a part of something, where mm-hmm. he's just like, "So you might have heard some yeah. crazy stories, right? But you'll be fine. You'll right? be just fine, exactly. Yeah, no, he has to know a little more. What if he's just like the puppet master behind it all? Oh, maybe you know, like, but that would be weird because the premise is that the reason these things are happening is because they've desecrated an Indian burial ground. So who yeah, who right. is he? You're right, whatever. <laughs> well, it was fun nonetheless. We thoroughly enjoyed I'm it. I'm grateful we finally both saw The Shining through and through yep. for the first time. Watched it all the way through. I'm a glad. Classic. A classic nonetheless. Thanks for swimming upstream with us. Thanks for swimming and listening and vibing and grinching and grinching. <laughs> and all of our fans for listening. Shining. Shining. Yeah, you shine on. Shine on, listener. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Upstream. We're bending our pointer fingers like baby Danny. Like baby Danny does. Doc does. Okay, bye. Red room, bye. Bye. Hey, it's Stefan. Thanks again for listening to Upstream. Nicole and I didn't start this podcast because we like watching movies. No, we started this podcast because we love watching movies together. Movies, like so many other artistic mediums, are often attempts to escape reality, especially when reality hits hard. Therefore. This message is for you, the listener, to know that we don't know what you're going through exactly, but we hope you find a movie that helps you feel not so alone, and maybe even encourages you to go find someone to watch a movie with. With that in mind, here are a few clips to hopefully help you remember that movies can help you know how colorful and wonderful life truly is. Until next time. I promise I will not kill you until you reach the top. That's very comforting. But I'm afraid you'll just have to wait. If I may repay the kindness you once showed me. Take a knee. This is it, Joel. He's gonna be gone soon. I know. Yes! Behold my Lord Ulrich! The rock! The hard place! Like a wind from Gelfland, he sweeps by, blown far from his homeland in search of glory and honor. We walk in the garden of his turbulence. The day I realized Fanny was in love with me was strange. It was the day he gave Mama that sculpture. Dear Mr. Will, 
One thing I've learned in 20 years in education is that there are two sides to every story. So I think I can imagine what started the fight. While nothing justifies striking another student, I know good friends are worth defending. Give me a head. Hey, let your head rest in my hand. Relax. I got you, I promise. I'm not gonna let you go. Hey, man, I got you. There you go. Ten seconds. See that right there? You in the middle of the 